This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by our super Patreon supporters, Chester Copperpot, Jade, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, and Will Nash. Kick. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things covering the Rings of Power. We are one podcast to rule them all. And in the RSS feeds, bind them. Mm, 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 mm. We are talking about episode five of the Rings of Power tonight, titled Partings. Parting is such a sweet sorrow. It, it is. Mm-hmm. It could know. have been called Fartings. And not not as sweet. No. More, just, of, more of a sour sorrow. Just depends <laughs> upon what one has eaten. Yeah, that's true. That's Nothing true. worse than an orc fart. Uh, we're going to we're going to do overall thoughts on this episode before we delve into a play by play. That's what we do here on streaming things. We just watched the episode and then uh, hopped straight onto the microphones. Metaphorically, mm-hmm. they would break them if we hopped upon them. Literally. No, don't do that. I spent too much time setting this up. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who has been uh, reviewing on the show on iTunes specifically, because Spotify doesn't leave a way to like type out a word review, right? It's just the yeah. stars only maneuver. Mm-hmm. By the way, we got an email and if you read it, Steve, where someone was saying, Hey, I've been trying to rate the show on Spotify five stars. It won't let me do that. But if I rate it less than five stars, it will just thought you guys should know, thought it was weird. I'm not going to do that. And uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but that sounds terrible if it is. Very suspect. Let us know, guys, if you have come across a similar thing. Yes, but on iTunes, it's working swimmingly. We appreciate all the reviews. Helps bump us up in the feeds. A lot of other hot D and rings of power. T-Rop, if you will, podcasts out there. Uh, We were kind of a big deal with Stranger Things, you know, but we got our, we still got our little family. There's dozens of us. Dozens. Uh, there are dozens of us on the discord and that is quite fun. We got to see a bunch of pictures of our patrons, uh, alliteration, not intended wearing our streaming things, merch. They were posting selfies in the discord and uh, just shout out to those folks. Cause that was, uh, a very pleasant way to spend a few minutes of my evening. It made me very, very, I ran into my wife and showed her like, look, there's people wearing pictures of my podcast on their bodies. <laughs> That's a weird way to describe that. But they're wearing pictures of my podcast on their bodies. I can't wait for the first streaming things tattoo. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's coming. Somebody out there is going to have streaming things on their butt cheeks. (laughs) Yeah. If you get one on your bicep, don't even bother writing. (laughs) We're all about the butt cheeks. Don't even bother writing in. (laughs) Somebody's going to clip that. Steve, quote, we're all about them butt cheeks. And, you know, it's not no treble. You can take that out of context. It would still be true. That's right, baby. (laughs) Uh, So moving on, we did just finish episode five of the Rings of Power. It took 73 minutes and some change. And uh, it's the longest episode so far, I think. I think so. They're all pretty long, though. Mm -hmm. Um, All 
all said. Steve, what did you think of episode five? Oh, by the way, I'm so sorry, Steve. Andy's still not here. You may have noticed he's still dealing with personal things. He's uh, still quite a valued member of streaming things. Just to let y'all know. <laughs> we value him very much. Yeah. <laughs> I meant that to be an endearing thing. It sounded like, don't worry, we haven't fired him. <laughs> I would be like worried it would offend him, but he doesn't listen. <laughs> Andy, I'm begging you to listen to the show. He'll never know. He'll never know. Okay, um, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for Rings of Power, this episode, I thought it was good. Uh, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> that is all the time we have right now. <laughs> no, this is definitely one of those like transitional episodes, which is weird. We did kind of talk off air. As soon as the episode ended, you were like, that is a great ending to an episode if it was episode three. And I kind of agree. We're like last week we were talking about how much we loved last week's episode. And I, and I feel like this week ends the same exact way. Like last week they're like, we're going to middle earth to save it. Yeah. Yay. And then this episode ends by them going, we're, we're getting there. We're finally leaving to save middle (laughs) earth. We're doing it. We're doing it. Which, you know, in the context of this episode, you're like, yeah, but it's a lot more like, yeah, like right. we were, we know, uh, which was interesting, but um, there was a lot of stuff to enjoy. This wasn't, this definitely isn't like how uh, episode three was because we, we did not like episode three that much. Um, but this definitely was like a transitional episode setting up for, I think, what will be, I, I have a feeling that next episode is going to be really, really good. Uh, and this was just kind of laying the foundations and the groundwork to get to that story beat. Um, but it was a, but it was a good time overall. I don't like that Prince Durin is like 30 characters down on IMDb uh, because right? Owen Arthur is carrying this show. Yes. I love him I, so much. Any scene he and Elrond were in this episode was yes. like um, that. Yes. I want that show. I'm having a great time with Rings of Power. I want to say that up front. I just think that some of the detractors of House of the Dragon have stated that they think the plot's moving too quickly. Um, I disagree wholeheartedly, but that's neither here nor there. If the opposite is true of the rings of power, it's not slow in the way that that sounds like, Oh, I'm so bored. It's just, uh, looking at it logically, the pace of the show should be moving a tad faster. Like I said, at the end of this episode to Steve, I was like, if this had been the end of episode three, you know, hour and 10 minute episodes and we were, they were heading to middle earth. Like, I don't know what I would have cut out, but there's a lot of languishing and the gorgeous scenery. I mean, the show is immaculate. The detail and the costume and the production design is is, is phenomenal. I'm not going to argue that, but I think that there's been some, uh, like I said, some style over substance comments, in my opinion, like if they were just moving a little bit brisker, like just keeping the conflict elevated, like mm-hmm. at this point, because it's week to week. If I could binge this, I wouldn't have cared, right? Right. I would have pressed play on episode six and been like, ooh, we're still going to Middle Earth. Fuck yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. But because it's week to week, I'm like, no, uh, <laughs> we still don't kill any orcs. That's a bummer. What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd still demand more Galadriel warrior action. It is, I mean, it's true because we're over halfway through this show. Yeah, I mean, there it's an eight episodes. There's three more episodes left. Yes. We're getting there. It just worries me that we're going to end at a point that I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to wait two years. Right. But it's, and it's also worrying that when this episode ends, we're, we're not that far off. A lot of the character arcs aren't far off from where they were two episodes ago. Like, sure. I feel like there hasn't really been a lot 
progressing the plot. There's a lot of great characters here. The production design's wonderful. The characters mm-hmm. are great. The dialogue that we have is wonderful. Yeah. Um, all of that's good. I just wish I could see the characters interact with each other more, mm-hmm. but there's so many, we don't spend very much time with them. They're all so far spread apart. And the reason we love Prince Durin and Elrond so much is because we get to see them interact. We get to see their idiosyncratic characterizations bounce off one another. We don't get enough of that from other folks. These little snippets, uh, like one of our main characters doesn't even speak English. And so Nori has to try to teach him. Uh, and then that's the interaction we get there. Uh, Galadriel has always been stern and upset. And then uh, Halbrand, uh, fun. But like, I wish I could speed up their relationship a bit. Everything I want to be sped up a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my take. It's just, and I think that's a lot of people out there are unable to articulate that. I think that that's their problem because everything about this show is great. It's just uh, needs to be a little bit edited down. Yeah. You with, with how brand and all of them specifically, you could have easily made the ending of this episode, the ending of last episode very yeah. easily. You could have had the whole, like, will you, will you take up your righteous cause to lead your people again? He could have had that character moment last week's episode and we actually could have gotten them off of Numenor and driven the plot forward yeah, because there. Queen Muriel already was hesitant to go to Middle Earth. She was already, you know, that was the whole plot of episode four. And then she kind of backslid on that. Like, maybe we shouldn't go. And then they redid that whole yeah, thing. They essentially, redid the entire plot line. Yeah. So and I feel like the only reason this they did that was to make uh, Kemen a, a terrorist. Like, yes, they they, wanted, they they created this character and needed him to do something. So they did this thing where he tries to blow up the boats and somehow that gets a sealed or a spot on the boats. Which, like, again, like, I feel like there's a lot of pulling teeth with this Numenor plot line. And I don't quite under. That's why when we're there, we're there for so long. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I care (laughs) about Galadriel. I care about Halbrand. Like, that's all fine. AKA Sauron. But every time the queen's like, should we go to war? I don't. It's like, yes, just fucking go. Yes, you should. You're going to go. It's evil. It's bad. And why do you all hate elves? God damn. Yeah, they're super cool. Nice folk. And like, I want to go west. And then the next episode, fuck that. I don't want to go west no more. And even his dad. (laughs) Everyone is fed up with his shit. I thought you were going west, bro. What are you even doing? Yeah, I feel like you're going to find the one ring that doesn't exist yet. And you're just going to try to fucking keep it. That's how big of a douchebag you are. Right. No, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Like my favorite parts of this episode were everything with Durin and Elrond. And then even the stuff with Nori and the stranger, like I, this was the episode that I think, and this is a positive. I think this episode finally turned around on where they're going with the stranger. Like they're, they, they altered how they presented him slightly. And you know, he's, he's learning words. You can see him kind of understanding what's happening around him. He's not fully, but he's grasping the basic tenets of what it is to function in this world. Sort of, sort of. And that makes him a lot more empathetic. And I really like how he's kind of found his place in the family and Nori's family. Yeah, uh, he's just a big magic goober in the back. Yeah. And I think that, but he has finally, a little bit of a backslide in this episode as well. He does. But, I, but the beginning part, I was like, Oh, they, they finally figured out what to do here. This is good. Yeah. I like this direction they're making. I agree. Uh, and then we, they introduced, um, a new, I, an antagonist, I assume. And so it's, which was also kind of weird. Like, Oh, we're at, we're adding more antagonists 
three episodes before the end of the season. <laughs> I'm okay. Sure. Let's go for it. Yeah. Well, let's dive into it because that's where the episode starts is with the English lesson between Nori and the stranger. She's teaching him some words. I feel like he has very few reference points for the words. And I was kind of cracking up. Uh, he knows the word snails cause he fucking loves them oh, and he dude. crunches on their shells. Hell yeah. He's like snails. And then they have a kind of a chuck. She's like, yeah, snails. They chuckle about that. Uh, but then she said, uh, something about peril and he's like, Peru. What's peril, precious? What's taters? <laughs> and she's like, peril, you know, like uh, scary, like they kill. And he's like, kill? Makes and things dead. Makes, and I, I wanted him to be like, dead? Because yeah. <laughs> like, what reference point does he have? And what, when does this stop? But he does understand that. And there's this cute moment where he's like, I'm peril. She's like, no, you're not peril. You're cool, man. You're cool, man. You just killed those fireflies. It's all good. He's like, yeah, fireflies. I killed. And he's like, she's like, yeah, you did that. But that was... An accident. That's manslaughter at worst. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> also, they're bugs. Who and he's cares? like manslaughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're bugs. Yeah, we. I do like how we get a little bit of a breakdown of what the the Harfoot sort of migration patterns are. Like, yeah, they're going to the Grove, right? Yeah, for the from this point of the year, we're in the Northfield Glen, and then now we're going to head to the Grove, and the Grove is popping. It's got we hella got, fruits and veggies. We got hella apples. We got plums. Do Apricots. They, boy, they even got an apricot in there. Mm-hmm. Carrots. Yeah. And, and yeah. And lots uh, of uh, vitamin C. No, vitamin A and carrots. I don't know. Carrots man. are good. I dip them in ranch. It's a hardfoot delicacy. Now, when you dip a carrot in ranch, mm-hmm. does that kind of negate the health factor of the no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Still right. filled with the vitamins. Oh. Just now it's delicious. Got to stay warm. Yeah. With the ranch. Uh, I do like Nori's little. We got another little anecdote, is it anecdote or little turns of phrase where she's like, all right, quick sticks. It's kind of an idiom. Yeah. Like a, like a, it was like a rattle your dags. It's I like assume. a rattle your dags, but it's a little less, you know, shit metaphory. Quick sticks. Quick sticks. Uh, and, and we get, uh, a, I really appreciate the scene where um, the family's kind of getting their cart together. Poppy, sing us one of your songs. And Poppy starts singing. Poppy pops the fuck off. Yeah, she does. She goes off. She sings a beautiful song. And this is where I was kind of enjoying. I was sitting back, you know, like this. This feels like a Lord this is of the Rings to me. Yeah. This is a fellowship moment. I think I the like song's this. called This Wandering Day. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but uh, we get a nice montage along with the song. Either that or she was singing it for 96 miles. And every time she stopped, they were like, again. Again, Poppy. Poppy your whole family's dead. You want to be next? You keep singing. Because their fucking Harfoots are mean, we if found you out. stop singing, we're going to break your goddamn leg. <laughs> Back in a line, Poppy, or <laughs> sing. Uh, Harfoots are mean. Uh, Anywho. So they are mean. Later on this episode, at one point, Mav was like, let's just leave them behind. Fuck I told them. you, they're lagging behind way too far. Take their wheels. Cut them off. Which is a line that was in Fast and Furious 2, I believe. Take their wheels and leave them. This is about family, Malva. We cut back to the stranger hole, which... I don't like calling it that, but that's what it is. Mm, oh, I, I honestly don't know what you're referring to here. <laughs> Where the stranger landed when there was the meteor man. Oh, okay. <laughs> the stranger hole. Or, uh, it's more of a stranger divot. I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. A stranger. I wouldn't call that a hole. Uh, for many reasons I wouldn't. Yeah. But, but I did. Like, hey, we're, now we're going to talk about the stranger's hole. <laughs> are we? Do we have to? Yes, we do. And it's kind of strange because we get who the fuck are these guys? They're, they're uh, it's the guy that everybody thought was Sauron in the trailer because he you know they were mad because he looks like Eminem, uh, and he's like looking for mom's spaghetti. That's, that's this is his one Marshall. shot, yeah, one ring, one shot to blow, um, one ring, one shot can't blow it. And they've all got staffs. They look magicy. 
who are these guys? I don't know. They look like they. Do you have a are, theory? Uh, well, I have a theory that on weekends they manage a hot topic. <laughs> okay. Based off the eyeliner alone. Sure. Uh, but I honestly have no theory because I'm fa- I'm when it comes to Lord of the Lord of the Lore Rings. Of the lore, rings. I am the weakest of the three of us. Mm. Um, you are I, the weakest. I'm merely a Lord of kisses. So Goodbye. I cannot say mm. what, what the, I, I can't even hazard a guess. As That's a joke for only people that listen to our hot D coverage as well. Oh, it's, it's, and who follow me on Twitter. <laughs> In, you've been saying it everywhere. Yeah. Anybody who's met Steve gets that joke. Well, everyone knows that I am the Lord of kisses and the dick and balls of streaming. Things, yes. Which if you combine those two things, a little weird. I've, by the end of, <laughs> in several years, when this podcast is coming to a close, I will have the same amount of titles what? as like the, the king of Westeros. <laughs> this podcast will never end. That's true. It won't long. May it rain. Unless Steve gets really tired. <laughs> and then we cut to Adar. Uh, and he's out in the sun basking in its glory because though he is evil, he's also clearly an elf and he can walk in the sun. He's a day walker and the orcs are, he's like covered in a, in a cowl next to him. Like, eh, I love you master, but I don't like the sun. And for some reason, Adar is like, stick your arm out in the sun, bitch. And he's like, oh, okay. And he just like burns him for a good 70 seconds or so. And he's like, yeah. How's it feel? Like fire, my lord. Yeah, it's really painful. It really hurts. I don't like it. Well, let me tell you how great it feels for me. <laughs> I, really, I really wish you could feel it the way I do, but... Um, mm, you ever been to Maui? God, it smells No, good. my lord. <laughs> Can't afford the tickets. I don't have sunscreen, my lord. I'm so sorry. Can't stand coconuts. You smell like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, and, he's, and he says, I'm going to miss this or whatever. Like, essentially, if his plan comes to fruition, there will be no sun. Uh, and then, he, you know, he's hunkering in the darkness with the rest of them. It's not good. That's all we know. And then he's like, call the legions and wrap up that stinky arm. Nobody wants to see that. That's gross. Blur black. And then blur black runs. Away like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, he goes to get some. <laughs> what's that stuff you put on sunburns? It's green goo. Um, not avocado. Come on, Steve. Av, av, oh, come on. Av, it's a it's avioli. Oh, not avioli. No. That's an, almost an Italian av, snack. Oh, shit. Come on, av, man. It's a what? root. It's Why like are a, you saying come on, man, to me? Like, I don't go outside. <laughs> when would I ever need to apply this to my never burnt skin? Sunburn green goo. I'm going to put that in the Google right now. <laughs> What's it Sun, It just says green goo official site. Oh, my God. Solar goo sunscreen. That's not what I wanted. So aloe vera aloe vera Woo, we were oh, gonna get there eventually um, i can't wait for the plethora of emails that come in for that nah we got there <laughs> we cut to uh bronwyn and she's trying to provide a, a rousing speech a call to arms to all of the people of austerith at the tower there mm-hmm. uh and they're not having it well at first they are they're like yes i'll fight like, i will fight i will take the ring to mordor and, and they're like what Waldrake's like have you guys heard about this fella named hitler yeah he had a couple good ideas <laughs> Back in the day. Waldrig is such <laughs> a bitch. He yeah, comes he in is. like, wait a second. One thing our ancestors did is fight for the evil. But another thing they did is live, which is not true. They lost. Have you looked around your town? There's maybe 50 of you. They've been under elf <laughs> occupation for generations since that decision. Well, maybe he was referring like, say what you will about our ancestors. But when they when they roll with Morgoth, brother, they lived. They, <laughs> oh, were, like, they were having fun. They were partying. They were not want for anything. We snorted alpharin seeds morning, noon and night. Okay. 
Alfred seeds all day. <laughs> we had a plethora. A lock. And we know Waldrag, he, he's a bar owner. So he's like, he likes to party. Like, I, I want to open a club. We'll call it. <laughs> we'll call it Orc Fetiche. And it will be the bomb. And they will have a French Orc maid clean the bar after hours. <laughs> it's me, the French Orc. <laughs> what would you like to drink? Let me wipe down the bar. That'll be Waldrig's place. Would you like a good night? And they'll serve cream friche. Oh, we have very, very much cream fresh. <laughs> <laughs> French oak. And Waldrick managed to take half of the people away with him immediately. Like all the ones that just said they would fight are like, <laughs> actually, never mind. I feel like that's a decent idea, too. I don't know what to do. My cousin's leaving. I'm leaving, too. Yeah, they, they really just including Rowan. The, the cowardly looter that was with Theo in the last yeah, episode. Yeah, this kid's fucking afraid of the overcast sun. And he's like, I guess I'll take my uh, yeah. chances with the devil. I'm going to bow to the orcs. Waldrig seems like he's got his shit together. I mean, he looks really healthy. He had a successful bar. We should let him lead. He <laughs> said no one. He's the only one in this town that owns a business. Yeah. He's got his head on on correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut, till, uh, cut to Ellen Deal. And Asildor, Asildor's trying to say that he wants on the crew to go fight in Middle Earth. And Ellen Deal's like, definitely not. You didn't want on the Seaguard crew when we were doing lame stuff. Now you can't come do cool stuff with us. That's the that's the rule, which is basically what's going on. I love the line he says where he's like, you have been feigning fidelity to the traditions of this isle, whereas mm. those men and women have been doing it all along. Yeah. So he gets accused of nepotism a lot. But in fact, it's, uh, Ellen Deal's pretty fair as far as his son's concerned, you know, and, and including in this scene and in a later scene as well. Yeah, he tells him to kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you wanted to go west, bitch. Yeah. Go go west then. Yeah. And we cut to uh, A.R. and Deal, his sister, who is petitioning Kemen, uh, the son of Farazon, the consul, stay with me, to forsake Galadriel and the, the Queen Regent's plan to go to Middle-earth. For some reason that I couldn't gather, A.R. and Deal is very against this, probably just for the safety of her father and potentially brother and boyfriend. Yeah, she just probably doesn't want people to go to war. Um, she, maybe she's just anti-war, which I right. get. Yeah. I respect that. I totally get that. She's a conscientious objector to the war in Middle-earth. And she has struck up a relationship with Kevin and who is kind of a douche and a wee bit of a terrorist. Uh, just, just a wee bit. But, you know, he was radicalized by her. Uh, mm, I don't know about that. Maybe he's just rad. I would say he's more radicalized by his father than anything. I don't know. His father didn't want him to burn no boats. He didn't. But he sees in that moment that his father is uh, not thinking for the best of the realm he's thinking more for the well his father feels like he is oh for sure he but he's thinking it like in the terms of like the think of all the money this is going to bring hella money we're going to be so rich i'm going to be able to afford all the beard oil so i can maintain this beauty it's quaffed that beard has lived more lives than an elf i'll ever have lived yes i'm just saying that that thing can birth the beautiful children. A little anti-canon, that beard, because in the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien, dwarves had beards, and that's it, pretty much. Oh, dwarves had the, the, the copyright yeah, on beards? one of his letters, I was reading it, is boring, but it said something about beards, and uh, not many people have them. When you say letters, what do you mean by this? Literal letters. Uh, they were published posthumously, and he just kind of went on and on about little details of his world that didn't make it into books. Who is he writing these letters to? Is he like, my dearest mm. cousin Cynthia, let me tell you about my thoughts on dwarven 
beard. I think it was. I know you've asked me to come over to the family Christmas for the last several decades, and I have not come. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, I'm still not. But dwarven beards. I think it's more of a to whom it may concern situation. <laughs> Letter to the editor. <laughs> yeah, just in general. <laughs> to whom it may concern. The editor dwarven of the, beards. The editor of the Washington Post is like, why is why does he keep sending this, this shit to me? Crackpot. Um, and we cut back to Halbrand forging away. No indication he might be Sauron with his forging skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, he makes a really dope sword. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it comes out that he betrayed Galadriel. He snitched on her, which is why they were waiting for her in the in the in the king's tower. And he did that in return for a guild crest, the forging guild crest, because that's it supposedly his aim is to just stay in Numenor forever and just make swords and be left alone. He likes forging things. Uh, and I'm more noticed. inclined to believe him nowadays. Are you still hip to, th- are you still in- thinking that he's uh, Sauron? Thinking he's Sauron? Chris, I don't know if you know this, but if he's uh, not, I've been deceived because I don't think he, he is. is Sauron. I don't think he is. I think that would be a really compelling, you know, that sword he made that they didn't go for that sword he made. Yeah, when he presented it, it to really the, sharp. When he presented it to the 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 guild master or whatever that guy, the sword was. looker guy. Uh, That's his there was title. some elven script on the side of it, as if it was a secret only fire could tell. You think so? I'm just saying it's quite cool. And it would be, I mean, did you see the 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 guild he master? Touched it he, immediately. he literally was like, "This is pretty dope." This is quite cool. Quite cool. <laughs> this is quite cool. Um, Full disclosure, I kind of agree with you. I don't. I don't know if they're necessarily. I think they're steering away from the how brand is sour, but I'm going to yeah. double down on it for the sake of comedy. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's what we do here on streaming things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut to no, no. That's it. We don't cut yet. We don't cut yes. And she said, uh, "Hey, you know, don't be a little bitch about it. We're going to crown you." We're going to make you a king in your homeland. King me. And he said, find another head to crown. So he's still playing coy with his willingness to return to Middle Earth, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're going with. And we cut back to, this time we cut to the Harfoots. Uh, and they find Chekhov's wolves. Wolf, wolves. Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> wolves. <laughs> There's footprints, damn it. And we it's similar to the wolf that we had in episode one. Uh, and they run to go tell Malva. But Malva's already talking shit about just letting them die. Yeah, she's like, sorry. Tell, trying to tell Sadok. Let him fucking die. Sadok. Fucking Malva, man. She's and, the real villain in this show. And then he's like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. And then she goes to pick some shrooms because she likes tripping balls on the trail, Who as doesn't? it were. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. And that's when the wolf chase begins. And they get tr- stuck in a tree. Three wolves uh, approach the, the Harfoots. It's Malva. It's Poppy. It's Nori. It's not looking good. Nori's trying to get a stick to break. She can't even break that stick. I don't know what she's going to do once she breaks the stick. It doesn't matter because she can't. And then... Who is Gandalf for sure? Jumps in. He's like, "You shall not pass." And the uh, that's and he totally what he fives the dirt. He does, but he bruises his little handy doing that. Yeah. Do you think it was just like the power kind of degrading or corrupting his arm? Yeah. I don't know if it's because because he's almost certainly one of the five wizards that we know about. Uh, by the way. I don't think we noticed this, but uh, some some canny watchers of the show. I was doing some research have noticed that in the first episode or whenever that happens and you see the meteor fall, multiple people look at the meteor mm-hmm. and it's a theory that it is not the same meteor. It is all five of the wizards coming to the earth, which oh, I like that idea. Interesting. And that okay. it's kind of different time periods that it's people looking up, not just different places on the earth at the same moment. You know, that would make sense that all these things are happening at different time frames because I was wondering like if, you yeah, th- Numenor is going to be really late to this party. Yeah, if you think that, 
if you follow the logic that Numenor is going to come and save Bronwyn and the people at the tower. Spoiler alert. That's what we think. That, yeah. Uh, then you would assume like, well, this has to be taking place at alternate timelines because yeah. it would take Numenor presumably a month. To They're get all there. just dead when they get there. Ooh. Oh shit. We actually shouldn't have deliberated upon this journey so much. Maybe we, and glad was like, I told you hours are at stake. Well, the sea <laughs> is always right. God damn it. It's not. <laughs> Sometimes it's wrong. It's wrong. This time. So he does the, you shall not pass move, pushes the uh, wolves away magically. And they're like, yay, wizard. And then, uh, is that some fireworks, Steve? I think those are fireworks. They love off. rings of power. Oh my Lord. And we cut to Ontimo, uh, one of the friends of Isildur that got kicked off the sea guard excursion, I think because of his antics, uh, sparring with his friend Valentil. Isn't his friend Valentil that's fighting with him? Uh, uh, what's the other one's name? Onto. It's Antimo and Valentil. Antimo is the redhead. Right. But they're fighting one another. Yes, I yeah. think as uh, Alindiel and Galadriel look on and she's like, they're doing great, but they've never fought actual orcs. And he's like, hmm, maybe they should fight an elf. And she's like, come at me, bro. Uh, which is an actual line, except no bro. And uh, <laughs> then she fights like 12 of them and she bests them easily, but they make the caveat that if anybody manages to cut her score her skin or something he says mm -hmm. then he'll promote him on the spot so everybody's trying to cut her which is really dangerous they had actually no knowledge that she could actually fight when he challenged her with this yeah we were joking like how do they know that she's good like what if she's like i challenge you oh i'm stabbed and dying oh. ah. and they're like "Ooh, the queen's gonna be really mad first guy that stepped up as a lieutenant now. we killed the elf that's awkward um i think this is a hate crime in numenor because it's awkward here 100 yeah, percent uh, but yeah, so she is a great fighter and she bests them all. There's even a point where she spanks one of them with a I, sword and I accidentally bit my lip. <laughs> that that do it for you? I was like, spank me, Galati. Oh, man. You don't like that? You, are you worshiping Galati? I think more of the Clark is hot. Yeah. I think she's hot. And I think she looks a lot like my wife. And I think that may be why. Okay. That's that fair. It's like hot. It's like my wife in armor, which I've never seen. But wow. now I feel like I have. <laughs> now you can, yeah. yeah. You sh you're going to go home and tell Chris, like, hey, honey, so. <laughs> I got an idea. Uh, I spent a lot of money at Renfest. <laughs> Hear me out. She actually really wants to go to Renfest, and now I want her to. Did you not want to go to Renfest before? I don't like going outside, but I love Renfairs, so I've it's never, like a whole double never, whammy. I've never been to Renfest. There, there's like, you know. Old timey stuff. I want to eat a turkey leg. <laughs> I'll get you one, That's buddy. All Let's I go together want. next time. Let's do it. All right. I would love to go with you. You're creeping up there with Galati. Um, is that a? Am I? Is that a thing? I don't know if I like Galati. <laughs> it kind of sounds. It's too close to Laddie from Lost Boys. <laughs> Laddie. Laddie. Okay. Galati. That's, that's fair. <laughs> and we cut to Kemen talking to Farazan, uh, basically about treason, you know, like, Hey, why don't we back off here? I did like this scene because we get a, um, we get to see the console Farazan's true influence and power in this city mm -hmm. because he just kind of looks at each person in turn and nods and they fuck off of their own like little sitting area tavern thing. People um, love Farazan. They fuck with Farazan heavy with a pH. And it made, I love this scene too. Cause last episode we were kind of like, why is Farazan kind of going with this plan? You'd think he seemed like an ambitious guy. I did that say that. Wanted to use yes. the queen. And so this scene really kind of puts into context like, Oh, he is power hungry, but he's smart enough to realize like, Oh, we, if we succeed in this and his son's on the so same page, money. he's like, why don't you, you have more influence than the queen. Why don't you, 
you know. Yeah, the people love you, man. Screw her over. You always but gotta- he says it real subtly, like, use your influence. And his dad's like, son, I have not trained you in being a fuckboy well enough. I have an even deeper plan. And we cut to Tal Palantir, which is, uh, I don't understand why his name's so close to the mythical ball name. Because he has a Palantir. I guess. But that's his name as well. Yeah. I, well, maybe, he, maybe it's like. I have a Honda, but I'm not. Tal Honda, I'm Chris. Maybe he's Tal of House Palantir because they own the Palantir. The one? And that's how he became king is because he had the power of the Palantir. We could Google this, but we're just going to keep surmising lore. I like this plan. I like workshop and shit. That's when people tune in just to watch (laughs) us try to work this out. Who wants to watch us struggle? (laughs) Tune in. Yeah. And she's uh, Queen Muriel, Queen Regent Muriel is telling her father, the king, uh, who's got like Alzheimer's. Hey, we're restoring our relationship with the elves. You're going to be so happy. I'm going to go to Middle Earth. And he's like, don't go to Middle Earth. It's fucking crazy there. And she's like, what? I'm already kind of set a whole plan in motion. Everybody's really excited. We're definitely going. But there's like orcs and shit. That's crazy. There's trolls. <laughs> Other sorts of malcontents. Goblins. Wolf. Wolves. Bal- wolves. <laughs> Balrogs. Don't go there. Why would you go there? And she's like, awkward. We're going. Uh, and we cut to the stranger. He's looking at the bruise on his hand. His entire arm is effed up from doing the little bit of magic that he did. And again, I don't know if this is evidence that he's still some sort of malevolent creature and doesn't know it yet. Like when he killed the fireflies, uh, which is why the magic's doing that kind of thing to him. Or if it's just evidence that he doesn't quite know how to utilize his own skills yet, which is why he allowed it to hurt him. Or maybe it's because he didn't have a staff and the mm. staff channels the power, which is why they always carry one. Yeah. Holy, maybe. did I just figure that out? Maybe, I don't know. He needs a stick. I just like that even wizards, whenever they get hurt, they have to run it under a cold tap. That's what everybody does. They're just like, ice it up, buddy. Mm-hmm. And Nori brings him some stuff to heal his arms. Some like, you know, little Harfoot herbs, if Beeswax. you will. Beeswax. Beeswax, that's right. And she tries to mind it, but no go. Uh, or she should have minded it rather. And she's telling him, hey, look, everybody in the in the caravan is like super hyped about you now. It's really awesome. I've never seen them take to an outsider like this. Uh, uh, but then unfortunately, that's where we have a, a relapse, a turn for the worse in their relationship because he starts to like ice crystal freeze his own arm. I guess he's healing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she grabs it for some really ill-advised reason. And then her arm gets ice stuck to his arm. She freaks out and then she gets blown like 16 feet. Mm-hmm. And now she's upset and scared and runs away. I thought she was going to stand up and be missing a hand. Like her. If this show was a little more hardcore, she would have. There's a couple of scenes in this episode. I was like, you know what? If this was on HBO Max, we would have seen that. Oh, the part where Waldrig stabs Rowan. I was upset that it cut to a smash cut of an arrow. Was that Rowan? I thought that was just a random dude. I think that was Rowan. It could have been a random dude. He didn't have as quite of a cunty face as Rowan. <laughs> it could. Yeah. I thought it would carry more weight. Oh, it would. But yeah, but this was another one. Like if this was on not Amazon Prime, like she would like hold up her hand. It's like fucking missing <laughs> ah, Mortal Kombat death. And then they'd have a really hard time getting to like him. And then we cut till to the dinner, the union between Kazad and Nildir. It uh, uh, elves in the doors. Mm. In case you weren't following, mm. I, was, I wasn't. I'm glad you it's specified a, that. It's a dinner in Linden and uh, Celebrimbor's there. And he's like, hello. Hello. What's someone pass potatoes? <laughs> Gil Gallad is there, as well as Prince Durin and Elrond. Uh, and they're celebrating their peace union, but it doesn't seem like it's going well. There's a really funny moment where Prince Durin pulls a, a beard snack out and eats it. 
It looked like a like a corn puff or something. Yeah. Out of his beard. And Gil Gallad's given Prince Durin the third degree. He's like, you you guys are delving deep, perhaps too deep. I'm not sure. We might have to change the name of Casa Dune to Moria and never go there. That's what I'm thinking. And Prince Durin's like, mind well, your business. While you're doing that, did, uh, did you guys happen to find anything <laughs> worth diving deeply for? Eh? Wink, nudge, wink. And Caleb Brimbor's like, it's me, Thrill. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking about that. Hello. Hello. Uh, and Prince Durin dodges that and makes up a story about a table. Like this, how'd you get the stone of this table? This is how we, basically saying this is what we use for tombstones only. And uh, and uh, Gil Gallad says, oh, apologetically, we'll give this, you can take the table back with you. We're very sorry for- uh, Our you, sacrilege. The sacrilege, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how he dodged the question. Uh, and we cut to the next scene. It's like the elf waitresses clearing the table because they're all wearing the same like veils. I thought that was interesting. Uh, These are nine to five. All elves have one. I wonder if they're going to tip them. And this is where we get the confrontation. Gil, Gil, Gil Galad does not. <laughs> he definitely does not. He's one of those guys that puts like a pile of singles on the table and is like, for anything you displease me with, I would remove one single dollar bill. Is that what people do? There's people that tip at the beginning and say that? That, I, that. I mean, that's a comedy bit that people would do. I don't know if someone in real life would do that. But yeah, they put like a stack of ones and they're like, oh, this water is late with the ranch. One dollar bill removed. But conversely, if you do something good, they might add a bill back to it. Ooh, mm -hmm. fair. Yeah, fair. Not fair. Yeah. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. We're so excited to be partnered up with BetterHelp for this show because we're huge advocates for mental health. And we've always wanted a way to work it into the show. And now it gives us an easy way. I actually work in the mental health field, so I'm thinking about this all the time. My mother suffered from bipolar disorder. My dad had undiagnosed issues. And so it's it's really something that's close to my heart. And I'm so happy to be able to help our listeners if we can in some way with that. My own life, I'm filled with anxiety. Uh, just get a little personal for a second. I think I've talked about it. But pretty recently, I checked myself into the ER for uh, heart issues that I thought I was having. Turns out it was a panic attack. It was just anxiety. So these are things that uh, I don't talk about a whole lot, but I, I suffer from. And I, you know, even being in the field, I find it very difficult to find somebody to help me with those things. A lot of the therapists that I find that I jibe with, I connect with, I find out they're not accepting new patients. So I'm like, get really frustrated. And then I don't know where to go from there. What BetterHelp does is it helps pair you with a therapist to help you with your needs. And you can switch therapists at any time. And it's directly online. So you can just easily and without any barriers whatsoever, access the help that you need. So when you want a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash streaming things. And this is where we get the confrontation between Elrond and Gilgalad. And it's this whole plot thread throughout the next 10 minutes I found annoying because it is obvious that they found the, myth the mythreal. <laughs> And Did they find is, their mithril? I swore not to tell. Yeah, if you swore not to tell, your option is only to lie or tell them. Because saying, I swore not to tell, just implies that they did. And at one point, he's showing Celebrimbor the mithril rock. And he mm -hmm. says the same thing. I will not break my oath and tell you about the rock that I just showed you. <laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> mm, mum's the word. I mean, I, 
I think it's endearing that he's so bad at lying because of his honor. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that element of it, but it seemed a little silly that we're going to act like Gil Gallet doesn't know. And he does, but like the whole dramatic premise of the next 10 minutes is just kind of fake. I will ask you again for one final time. Like, you know, buddy, come on. There's only, that's I why, want to hear you that's say where it. You sh- you're showing him the tree that has a blight on it. Yes. Because at first when they were like, we need the mithril and he's like, oh, uh, we need the mithril because our tree is dying. Because at first we were like, why do they need the mithril so bad? I still not not at first to this very moment. I don't understand why they need the mithril. So it contains the power of the last of the Silmarils, right? Some kind of the light of the Valar, like the very mm-hmm. essence of what it is to be elven and immortal, I guess. And he references the song of roots, a song of the roots of Hethegru. Uh, a story that I don't know uh, about an, an ancient elf fighting a Balrog amidst a tree, right? And then lightning struck the tree while yes. they were fighting around the tree. And the, and the tree sent through its roots to the heart of the mountain, uh, the, the you know, an ore that contains the last of the light of the Silmarils. Sure. But how that's going to help the light of the Eldar fading, I don't know. Because later it, it says, uh, I think it's Celebrimbor, like, yes, we tested it. It withstands anything, which is true. Mithril's very strong. Um, well, he's it, also saying the light of it doesn't drain either. Okay. So, so, it's, gonna, so it's a pure source of this energy. I guess. So there's some kind of energy. It's like midi-chlorians. Probably. And then this the device that Celebrimbor has been building, I would assume is something where they can use that energy source to bask the elves in so in the they glory in the glory of the valor of the Silmarils. um that way they their their essence doesn't drain and they essentially die and gil galad's argument is fuck your oath this is about elves lasting on middle earth without us everybody's gonna die including the dwarves so it's a small price to pay and Elrond's stance is and i like his solution i did love this plot point where he just runs and goes and tells uh Durin. Durin, his plight mm-hmm. instead of yeah like, subverting my expectation of there being a just interminably stupid like no friend anymore plot where he's going to find out he, he told his secrets and stuff yeah i love that too because a lot of a lot of movies and tv shows fall into the pitfall of like if people would just fucking talk we yes. could solve this issue and this was a great example of like why wouldn't these two talk of course they're going to talk and and uh elrond's going to be like hey man I know I swore this thing, but like, I just found out why we need it. It's because my people are going to die. And he knows Durin's not going to like scoff at that. Right. Um, I also did like uh, another thing I liked about this explanation from Gil Gilad was um, at one point, like Elrond's like, hey, I swore an oath. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to forsake my honor just for hope. mere and, hope. And Gil Gilad's like, hope is never mere, even when it is meager. Mm. And I thought like, in another, if the, in, in another context, like Gilgalad would be the hero of this. That was a good line. This. Yeah, it's a very good line because so many movies are like are so based on like the idea of hope. You know, we are the spark that will ignite the fire. Yeah, we were just talking about Andor. Yeah, and that it would sit well. Yeah, and I just love how there is this competing sort of like, I guess no one's really quote unquote a villain in this situation. You know, you can argue like the, the elf shouldn't it's be as good like conflict. Every, toity. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got a good perspective on this. This issue. is the sort of conflict that I like in my yeah. TV shows. And that's why I like this is I love this plot. I love where it's so, at. So I just wish we had gotten more. there sooner. That's yeah. all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. 
Uh, and we cut to a Numenorian party. Everybody's getting wasted, singing Numenorian songs, excited to go off to war. Um, a seal door pulls Valentil and uh, Antamo aside or Antamo aside. And uh, he says, hey, now that you're a lieutenant, will you bring me with you? And the guy says no. After he punches him twice, which is how he's forgiven, but not enough to get him to bring him to Middle Earth. And then we cut to Kemen being a sneaky boy and he's hopping aboard a ship and he's letting like flammable oil that they shouldn't be having on the ship uh, <laughs> uh, pour all everywhere. And he's going to throw a lantern on it. A seal door is in there stowing away. So he catches him in the act. They wrestled the lantern around the flammable liquid. Not a good idea. So it ends up exploding the boat anyway. He saves Kemen's life and swims him to shore. And he doesn't rat him out. And then lies for him and says, yeah, hey, he was just out there in a little boat. I don't know why, but it was definitely nothing nefarious. I happen to also be there. Saved his life. You know what? I don't know why he wouldn't rat him out. <laughs> I think. He why had, doesn't he rat this guy out? I think he had some. What's the word? Not knowledge, but we'll just go with that. Some like prescience of the fact that if he saved this nobleman's kid's life, that might earn him passage on the sea guard crew rather than, Hey, I was stowing away illegally and happened to catch him doing something worse. You know what I mean? Like that sure. was not going to earn him a, a, a membership on the sea guard. And so it was a small price to pay to let him get away with that, to be able to like build himself up. Or maybe he could be like, Hey guys, I caught the terrorist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's still how, well, I was wanting to fight with you guys. Like, I think that could endear him to people, you know, maybe, but this was a safer bet in his mind, I guess. I, sure. I, it's just a writing thing, but like, how do we not just get Kevin not thrown in jail immediately? Mm -hmm. And I just don't like this. I just don't like this whole entire plot thread of you hate a seal door. I hate a seal door, uh, which I don't blame you. He's, he caused millennia of pain. I mean, I, I, I just, he's the reason Smeagol had a bad life. A <laughs> seal door is not the reason I hate this. I just hate this because I don't like the whole backsliding of we're going to middle earth psych we're gonna make up this weird drama for Kemen, Kemen, a character no one cares about yes i don't understand why he's even in the show i care about Kemen less than a sealed door um especially he's not right for ar and deal no, he, and he's a made-up character like he's not in he's not a in the silmarillion or anything like whatever and, and ar do, and deal deserves better that's all i'm saying she does she does i do like how when they're like what happened and I, I, is it Aaron or uh, Elendil who says, uh, we think it was a passing brigand, passing brigand. You know, those you got to watch out for them passing brigands. They're everywhere. Uh, and this is where we get to the scene, the little council. I mean, it's Queen Regent Muriel. It's um, uh, Galadriel. It's Farazon and it's Elendil. And Farazon has doubts now. Now he's kind of he's not thinking about the money anymore. He's like, maybe it is a sign. Maybe it's an ill portent. Maybe we should slow down and, and, and turn the people's hearts Yes. Towards your cause, my queen. Because now one of our boats blew up. Everybody's sad. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to party anymore. It's sad because we were so drunk. Now and we now... got to fit 500 people on three boats. Ooh, that's hard to do. That's a lot. It's and we're a very cramped. wealthy uh, community, but we didn't have any spare boats. And this is awkward. Now everybody knows. Um, and Miral even hesitates. And she basically hinges everything upon Halbrand, who she's already been suspicious that he's not actually down to be king in the South anymore. So she he's says, not hey, we're going to decide tomorrow morning if we're going to go or not. Make sure Halbrand attends. Yeah. Meaning, stop lying. You better get him to, to agree to do this for show. Right. And uh, Galadriel looks upset at that prospect. The scene cuts to Celebrimbor. Hello. Apologizing. Sorry. Uh, to, to, um, what's his name? Elrond. Elrond. <laughs> what's his name? You know. Oh, what's his name? And uh, he, Gilgalad Gil Gil forbade it. 
He, he did say forbade very funny. He forbade him. I forbade it. Telling Elrond the real plan, but they had always suspected the existence of the Mithril on the mountain. That is why, which doesn't make any sense because it was Elrond who suggested the alliance with the dwarves to build the tower. So they just like knew Elrond would go down that mental path. Yeah, I guess it's there. And I don't like how Elrond tells um, Durin in the next scene because it's he like puts it all on himself for no reason. It was me. I lied to you, though I did not know it. I was really there for the Mithril. (laughs) Okay, then you didn't lie. Yeah. (laughs) You were also duped. You were lied to. (laughs) You are also a victim here. (laughs) That's like somebody stealing my money and me telling my wife. I stole from you. (laughs) I stole from us and gave it to a passing brigand. Against my will. Honor. <laughs> you got to look out for those passing brigands. I donated man. to a passing brigand against my will, my I dear. stole from us. <laughs> I knew I knew we couldn't afford it. Can you ever forbade me? <laughs> I did for bad, but I did it anyway. <laughs> for bad, sorry. But Celebrimbor is, you know, he apologizes. And uh, I still don't understand how Mithril will help, but he explains it. And then... <laughs> He brings up Elrond's father to make him feel guilty about being in the position of, uh, you know, breaking his oath to Prince Durin. Uh, and we cut back to Galadriel and Halbrand. She gives him uh, a rousing speech that's intercut with Waldrig and his biatches bowing to the orcs. And we find out that he has a dark past, something that we assumed. Uh, Steve thought he was Sauron, but it looks like maybe he's just done things he's not proud of to survive amongst the orcs. Or maybe he's Sauron and he's done a lot of things that he is proud he's of like, oh, to really? lead the orcs. And he's like, mm, if you knew about my secrets, you would uh, you wouldn't, forbade me. You wouldn't. <laughs> you would forbade me being king. Because you, I'm Sauron. You would think I'm being a for bad boy. <laughs> yes, Galadi. Um, <laughs> Galadi. Spank me, Galadi. And we cut to, uh, no, she has a cool line. Uh, she kind of forgives him without knowing what it is that he's done. She says, in order to find the light, we must first, sometimes we must first touch the darkness. Mm-hmm. And I like that. You have right? to look up, not down. Because if you look down, you're a stone. And he's like, how do you know darkness? And she's like, my brother died. And so he's, you know, he kind of questions whether her, her is this for vengeance. Yeah. Her entire quest. Are you Batman? Are you? Oh, you took it. I was going to do that. You can't beat me to Batman. Look at my Batman tattoos. I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. Um, and she's like, no, it's definitely not. It's because I, I have, I, I feel like I can't stop. <laughs> can't stop. Won't really stop. weak uh, explanation, but still I like it. She's addicted to the high of vengeance. She implores Halbrand to make the right decision, gives him back his kingly crest sack that he likes to hang from his neck. I didn't like that either. You will not find peace here. You will not. You're not going to just forge stuff and give it to nine to the men, three to the elves, five to the dwarves. At least not here. And then keep one. That's not going to happen. There's an even cooler forge in Middle Earth that you'll find. <laughs> They're building it. Hello, I'm building it. Hello. Uh, we cut to Waldreg uh, begging. Hilarious moment. I should have put this in my old Toby's. I didn't. This was my favorite moment. Just <laughs> really. Waldreg, it's like a fourth wall break because he's like, I'm, I pledge my loyalty to Sauron. And he gets choked out and he's like, wait, are you not Sauron? I'll, I'll pledge allegiance to you. And like, then he looked at the camera and he's like, cause we all thought you were wink, but I actually liked it. I thought it was funny. Cause it, you know, I would, I, I think it would have been funnier if Ad, Adar would have been like, uh, no, my name's not Halbrand. <laughs> and then he turned to the camera and did a wink. Well, it would have been too many layers. I would have got lost in the sauce. But he's not Sauron, at least according to him. And then Waldrick's like, well, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll be loyal to whoever you are then. 
I just don't want to die. Yeah. Uh, and then he pulls who I thought was Rowan, but it might just be a rando and says, um, you know, a pack must be made in blood, something like that. Basically stab this boy and you can join us. <laughs> stab this boy, please. And Walter. Only bud can bind very quickly. Like, okay. And we assume stabs him, but it cuts away because it's TV 14. Mm-hmm. Right. Bummer. Big bummer. Big bummer. And we cut to Aaron Deer teaching Theo uh, how to shoot a bow. And Theo's like, mm, I don't want to shoot a bow. Why are you helping me? <laughs> I'm just angry all the time. My mom's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Theo, it really is the absolute worst. Well, he kind of, I like that they did away with the hide the sword plot in this scene. Yes, they, yeah, you're right. That was, that was a he, good choice. That was a subversion of my expectations. Just like the Duran telling the truth thing. We glossed over. Did we, wait, it didn't happen yet. Did it? No, it didn't. I'm sorry. That's my other favorite. Stay tuned. I panicked. <laughs> oh boy. The Ooh. table scene. It's funny. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, he's like, Hey, why, why be buried with us? You know, you're an elf. Just run away. Like we're definitely all going to die. Uh, and Aaron Deer gives actually a really heartfelt moment and speech where he talks about how, you know, it took me 200 years to get the courage that I have that you have at 14 years old. That's why I respect you. That's why I want to stay here. And he's like, yeah, but half of us left. We're shitty people. And he's like, yeah, but half of you stayed. He's a glass half full elf. He is. And I like that about Aaron Deere. I thought that was a moving moment. I thought Mm -hmm. it was a good emotional moment. Um, I I like Aaron Deere a lot. Oh, I love Aaron Deere. Mm -hmm. And this is what makes Theo feel so bad. He's like, you know what? I, I got a cool sword. Do you want to see it? I feel Why? bad. I've been, <laughs> I've been hiding an evil sword from you. I found you. it in a barn. <laughs> Under a board. It's Wildrigs. <laughs> so I probably should have saw it coming that he was like evil and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think a girl likes me at school. Uh, shut up. We're just friends. Shut up. Shut up. Don't tell my mom. That's Theo. It is my mom. And then she he shows him the sword and... Uh, it's really awkward moment where Aaron Deer's like, I think that's the giant evil statue behind us. Hold up. <laughs> that was a little silly. Cause like, I've seen this before and then they ripped down all these uh, vines to yeah, reveal like something Ivy. we've never seen before. And so no. like, Oh, but that's he has nice. He's know? an elf and he's been there long enough for the Ivy to grow that thick for like 60 years. Oh, so you think that's why and it's his elf eyes just can't <laughs> penetrate foliage. <laughs> well, he was showing everyone else like, Hey, look at this. Check this shit out. Look, look at this. And, they find out it's who a, did that to the wall. It's a key. It's a key to what we don't know. Um, and then there's this really. <laughs> I did like when we were watching this. And he rips down the wall, and you see the, I don't, the mural is that we would call it. No, it's like a straight statue. It's etched stra- into the stone. Okay, yeah. yeah, we see the statue, and then you said. What is that? <laughs> and then it cuts to him going, it's a key. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like thank God. Perfectly timed. We're like, they, oh. Because they knew that the reveal was a non-reveal. Uh, and then there's one of the dumbest lines that I loved because Bronwyn's, Bronwyn's losing hope. She's like, actually, you know what? Maybe we should turn ourselves in and just be orc, orc sluts. Maybe Waldreg was right. Yeah. I mean, he was We're the definitely only, not going to win. Yeah. He was the only business owner in town. He, yeah, had, he, he knew. Nah. He knows a good a good opportunity. He was he a whiz one. with QuickBooks. He, he, yeah, he, yeah, he had the QuickBooks Prime <laughs> account. You know, he had it all down. He got the W twos, the I nines. Oh my god, the D fifty threes. He's making up random hut, forms hike. now. <laughs> Blue forty two. <laughs> and so there's this line where uh, they look out at the the sea of 
you know, campfires, meaning the, I don't know why the orcs light those. They should be able to see in the darkness, but neither here nor there. It's the army that's approaching them. And she's like, how long do we have? And he goes, I can't even say it without laughing. Who wrote this, spoke this, edited it and said, good. He goes, days, maybe hours. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fucking elf, dude. You can see for miles. How long is it going to take for them to get here? You think for maybe hours is what kills me like days. Well, maybe hours. Honestly, (laughs) I don't know. Could be any minute. I can't. See, I really don't know. Everybody thinks we can see really far. I can't. I just wanted to look cool. I don't even know if those are orcs. Those could be fireflies. They could be. You know what? We should run. (laughs) Uh, Days, maybe hours. And then, but then he cheers Bronwyn up. That's where they get an idea. Like she's like, how are we going to fight them? And he's like, honestly, I don't know. I have 13 arrows. We are definitely going to die. And she's like, the tower will fall. And they both have an epiphany at the same moment. And we don't know what it is. Steve and I both joked. They're going to. Push the tower over on them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it, but maybe that I think some form of that is their plan. Well, they're going to march up a hill in a single file and then they'll just roll the tower down and take them all out because they, they'll run. In the or they're going to let them get to the wall and just somehow knock it over on top of a, a large number of them. And they're going to hold out for just long enough until the moment of hope is all lost. And then the Numenorians are going to show up. Right. Because that's how you do it. The light of the first day. Yeah. It's going to be Helm's Deep all over again. Uh, and we cut back to Adar and the orcs marching uh, briefly. And then we cut back to Durin. Uh, a really, really awesome moment. Steve and I both burst out laughing. Oh, this was so good. Where they're carrying the table back to Casa Dune. And uh, <laughs> Durin's like, I lied about the table. <laughs> and and Elrond's not even mad. He's just like, ah, my silly sneaky dwarf friend. Deez has been wanting a new table for years. Yeah. Uh, and, but then Elrond's like, it's not the table's weight that weighs me down. It's, it's all my lies. And, uh, give me the meat and give it to me raw. (laughs) Durin (laughs) is the best idiom ever. Give me the meat, give it to me raw, which I agree. That's how I like it. Raw and wiggling. Uh, and then that's where he tells him, he tells him the meat. Uh, he says the entire elven race is in your hands, Duran. And Duran makes him say that like three times, which is another, I, I, God, it was such a good who, moment. Whose hands? And he says it again. And just that little smirk was like, hmm, mm-hmm. right. interesting. Mm. Cause the entire elven race being in Prince Duran's hands. He likes that. Feel. That rattles his dags. And he says, don't thank me yet. I still got to convince my father, which seems like that would be a very tall order. The interactions we've seen with Prince and King Durin. Yeah. King Durin doesn't seem like he'd be, he, he'd probably see the, the sign of the elves going extinct as a good thing. They have the same name, but very different dispositions. Very. The Durins. Very. Uh, then he says, uh, the sunlight's giving me a sour stomach, which I like because he's mostly underground. So that's funny. One that con- was funny. One condition. Tell Deesa the table was for me. Yeah. Don't push your luck, Elf. <laughs> I, I love these two. Those two. I want a buddy cop movie with just those two. And that's what we needed. A smaller scale. Just like, you know what I mean? If we had focused the entire. St- it doesn't matter. I didn't write it. Who cares what I think? We cut back. To, or no, before we cut, though, we get to see like an elf. I think Steve was taking notes and I. Oh, yeah. I missed this. But you saw. I think it was like a, uh, an emissary. Not an emissary. Like a, an employee if you will, of Gilgalad. One of the elf waitresses? Yes. Watching them, spying upon them. So it led me to believe that we're probably going to get a betrayal of Elrond and a betrayal of Durin on the behalf of Gilgalad. Even though Durin's going to try to give them all their mithril if they need it to survive, Mm -hmm. he's going to fuck it up and try to fuck the dwarves over before that happens. That's my 
my regretfully sad. It's a tale as old theory. as time. It is. Elves fucking over dwarves. <laughs> tis and dwarves tis. being stubborn about it. Hopefully, after they carve melon on the door. Melon. Melon. <laughs> Speak, friend, and enter. Melon. Melon. We cut to uh, Halbrand. Uh, oh. So I've been thinking about this. Okay. Okay. This is a complete divergence from the show. Divergence. I, I've been having this Different thought and series. I haven't been able to put it into words. We've been trying to come up with a name for the podcast listeners, the fans of the show. Melons. And I've been thinking of calling them the melons. That's a deep cut well, reference it, it, it in Lord of the Rings. A, it is a deep cut. I don't I hate like it. it. I like it. Write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com yeah. or tweet us at streamthingpod is our Twitter. Or you can actually become a patron by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. Become a melon at a variety of different tiers. You get a bunch of rewards like access to the Discord, bonus episodes, potentially merchandise if you go high enough. We'll send you shirts and hats and mugs, whatever you need. What? I'm just impressed at your segue into fucking the fire. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. in if you guys have an idea of what we should call fans of streaming things, but we're going with melons right now. Our melons. Actually, you convince me where my melons at, where my melons at. I could write a whole rap song about our melons. Please do it right None now. None of them are felons. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them might be, but we forgive them. Sometimes you have to touch darkness. <laughs> Speak friend and enter. <laughs> Enter me. Wait. What? No. <laughs> We're not those type of melons. Speak friend and enter me, Galati. And then we <laughs> we got to Halbrand looking sexy. He's got armor now. Who made him that armor? Oh, looks great. He looks like a Tully. He's got his, his armor. Yeah. Has like, looks like fish. Had scales. a little fish on it. Yeah. <laughs> Had a little fish on it. Yeah. He looked really good. He's fully embraced. There's this like psych out that worked on me where he like sets his uh, like king sack on the table and leaves. And then he comes back and swipes it like, never mind. I'm going to Middle Earth. I wish you guys were in the room with us when this happened. Yes, we should have done a watch this party. This moment should not have worked as well as it did in the room. On me. Because he throws the necklace down and Chris kind of goes like, oh, he's not going to help him out. And then the hand comes back and swipes it. He's like, psych, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. I even <laughs> fist pumped. He did. <laughs> I don't know why. It worked on me, baby. Uh, and then uh, what do I have? Alindil's. Oh, Arendil. The sister is very sad to see them go. They're all, they have like a happy war procession. People are throwing flowers. You know how faces. young men are off to for 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 glory, and they 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 don't understand war is hell yet. They haven't seen apocalypse now. Mm-hmm. The terror, the horror, the horror. Uh, and then there's uh, we find out they accuse him of nepotism. His friends. Um, Oh, Antimo. Your dad got you back on the ship, yeah. huh? Antimo and Valentino are like, oh, your dad got you another, you know, spot on the boat again. And then they find out he's actually a stable sweeper. He's got to shovel shit. That makes them happy. They hug. Then we get a extended sequence of Galadriel looking hot in her armor, boarding the boat. There's uh, the, the music, the wind whooshes. Oh, my God. We found that out from the captions. That captions was so stupid. She So if you didn't have the captions on, Galadriel comes onto the boat. It's this beauty hero shot. She's in her armor. She's looking fire as shit. Majestic. The, the vista is beautiful. The music is swelling. And the captions come up with wind whooshing. Wind whooshing. Now- Listener, mm-hmm. in this moment, there was no wind whooshing. <laughs> it was just the soundtrack, as if they were to say, hey, some people might be confused why her hair is blowing. The, it's, the wind is whooshing. Winds a whooshing. It, there's not like a spell happening. The there's caption not, should no have said breathing on music swells. It should have said music swells, but it said wind whooshing. And I just was like, that was dumb. <laughs> Dear caption writer of Rings of Power. 
suck it. Sincerely, Steve. <laughs> suck it. Yes. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. And uh, they're all, I'm on a boat, motherfucker. And they're all going out to Middle Earth. This time for realsies. For real. We're on the boat now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going. Episode six for sure. Seriously, the next episode. It's going to be a bottle episode of the Harfoots and you're going to lose your mind. I'd be okay with that. If it was just the Harfoots. Now, if the next episode ends and they're like on the boat and it was a bottle episode on the fucking boat. Oh, you would lose your mind if it was just a seal door shoveling shit. Kemen somehow turns the boats around <laughs> and then they're like wrestling the wheel from him. And then the, the it ends with a seal door like we have to go west. <laughs> and, and, and then they're like, we're going. And, then, and it ends with them. Another triumph. We're going on a quest. I would be like, fucking shoot my face. I don't think you can go west. West is um, Valinor. I know, but that's he wants to go west. No, I know. But I'm saying, actually, now that I think about it, he's got a jacked up plan. He's trying to go to like the, the forbidden land of heaven. Well, I mean, the forbidden land of heaven. It's a seal. A seal. More like a seal. Now it's time for our second. <laughs> Our second breakfast segment where we talk about some Easter eggs, lore tidbits, references to Lord of the Rings, the movies, whatever we can find. Uh, And it's probably sparse today. Steve, do you have any? I have second breakfast. One and a half. They happen the exact same time. Okay. It was when Gilgalad is telling the story. Well, what do you call that story with the the Balrog and the the elf fighting of the tree? It is the song of the roots of Hithagro. Yes. So it's when they're doing that story. A... Did you notice that Balrog in there? That Balrog, Balrog, amazing. Balrog, yeah, it looked great. And looked the, cool. that elf was like, you shall not pass this tree. And and then the lightning strikes a tree, and then it like becomes for a second just the 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 white tree of Gondor sigil. Like, true, true. The light. And I thought that was like, ah, I know that reference. Two good pulls, my friend. Thank you. What about you? Uh, they mentioned Manwe at one point in this story. And that's a Valar, but he's the king of the Valar. His uh, insignia, his his title listing is actually kind of funny if you look it up. He is uh, one of the Aratar, leader of the Aenor, king of Valar. And that's what I hate about Tolkien in one little sentence. Like, why is there so many things? He's king of the Valar. Like, that made sense to me from a lore perspective. But you went too deep, man. You went too deep. But you're okay with Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, first of his name, Lord of the end. That all makes sense geographically. And maybe this does too. And it's just the difference of, I actually know that deep amount of stuff about, you know, the Westerosi lore. And I don't know this much stuff about Lord of the Rings, but I don't know what Aenor are. And I've been studying this stuff for two decades off and on. I don't know what Aratars are. I know what Valar is. Mm -hmm. So King of Valar was like, oh, cool. What are these other things? But anyway, that's what Manway is. Uh, And then he's no Lord of Kisses. That's all I'm saying. No, he's not. And then we, we cut, no, we don't cut to, I got him fucking lost in my recap. <laughs> we're, we're not in the recap anymore, Chris. We cut to my other second breakfast. Uh, and they call Elrond, Elrond Paradel. Uh, his last name Paradel is Sindarin for half elf, which everybody knows it's Elrond the half elf because he has human ancestors, but that's what Paradel is. It's, it's an elf word for half elf. Oh, okay. And so that's, that's the explanation for his name. And then our next segment is Old Toby's, where we find our uh, three finest scenes in the South Farthing, our favorite moments of the episode. Steve, what is your number three? My number three is the very beginning, and that is the Harfoots on the march. Uh, that is when... That is fuck. <laughs> did, did I, did, did, do you want that on your list, too? No. Uh, no, I really like the good scene. moment. It's, it's a good moment. It, it's, it's very... You're talking about the montage song or the moment with her and the stranger? 
Mostly the montage. Okay, good. But just kind of like you can go from her and the stranger through the montage. And no, that's cheating. That's true. But definitely when they kind of start like time to go. My like, favorite moment is act one. My, my favorite moment is just a full episode. <laughs> but I like the montage. It's very Lord of the Rings. We get the maps. We get the song. And it's a really, really good song. Um, Poppy singing. It, it, I'm going to bop that on the way home. Yeah. I, I think I think it is a contender to be just as good as um, Pippin's song from Return of the King. Ooh, that's. Sing me a song. I don't think that has the same emotional weight whatsoever. Well, because the. the Melodically, what's, maybe. What's, what's, yeah. I think as a song, yes. But as you know, driving the narrative because what they're doing isn't nowhere near as emotionally impactful as Faramir, uh, (laughs) going Oskiliath. Is that where they go? Is that the name of the town? I believe so. Yes. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I thought this was great. And just seeing like a big tall person behind a bunch of uh, halflings is like, ah, that's, and and then the sweeping wide shots, like very, very Lord of the Rings. Very cool. And I, it just hit me in the feels. I liked that a lot. Yeah. It was a fellowshipy moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm either going to bop to that on the way home or Sam Smith's new song, Unholy, which is also a bop. Oh, okay. Brought to you by Sam Smith. This episode of Streaming Things. I just thought you should know that. Mm, okay. uh, my number three is uh, the moment with Aaron Deer and Theo, believe it or not, where he talks about how. Half- oh, you would put me at number three. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about half of them have stayed. Right. I just I was very moved by that. I love the character of Aaron Deere. I can't wait to see him fucking kick ass in episode six, mm-hmm. unless it's a bottle episode of a sealed door. And uh, yeah, that's my number three. Steve, what's your number two? My number two is uh, Galadriel taking boys to school uh, with a sword fight. Her, her, her really epic sword fight duel. That's my number two as well. It was really well done. I thought it was very well choreographed. Um, yeah. The way she's like moving Parts around of it everybody. were kind of overly whimsical, but in a way that I kind of liked as well. Like it, it reminded fits. me of like Rufio sword fighting Robin Williams and Hook for like <laughs> okay, pieces yeah. of it. Yeah. And then some of it was like a dance, which I also like because that's her whole point is that sword fighting is balance, mm-hmm. not strength. Fight with your feet, not your Yeah, like arms. soccer. And yeah. they're like, what is soccer? And she's like, oh, my bad, football. I forgot like, you call that uh, football in Numenor. Oh yeah. Uh, no, it was great. Uh, like you said, the, the choreography is a little whimsical, but I think that fits with this world. Yeah, like she's absolutely. An, she's an elf. That's flight of foot. Um, fleet. Fleet of foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just works. And just seeing her at one point, there's like what, five people going after her. And she's more than that, I think, but yeah, she, she steals one of their swords and uh, she keeps like stealing her swords and giving them back and then stealing them again. And, yeah. I mean, there, she's just light years ahead of their skill. The dude that ended up cutting her, uh, and Valentil, uh, Valentil, the, the, he, he ends up cutting her. He ends up getting promoted, but he also was like technically killed by her, like maybe 30 odd times. Oh yeah. He would in a real fight. Nobody touches her, Yeah, <laughs> but just, it, because she's being nice and letting them live and giving their swords back, yeah. eventually get does cut her. Um, I love that moment. I'm with you. Number two, like I said, I, I, I'm craving Galadriel showing off her skills. I love elves fighting. I love that first scene in the first episode where she's fighting the troll. I can't wait to see her mow down some orcs and then maybe run into Aaron Deer and we get a like elf re- reunion here. Maybe she knows who that is. I don't know. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. Yes, um, please. And it'd be really cool if he was like in awe of her because he doesn't like, she's a legend among his people. Like, kind oh of my thing. God, that's Galadriel. What? The leader of the armies. That's Galadi. Uh, that's the last time Stop this episode making Galadi a thing. It's not going to be a thing. I think it is. She's hot. It's fetch. <laughs> number one. What's your number one? Uh, my number one surprise, surprise. It's Durin and Elrond working together. 
I, I, I love that scene. I love the, the table joke. The table joke is in there. That's my number one as well. Holy shit. That whole scene of the table joke and then them actually subverting expectations. Like, hey, we got a real problem. We're being friends. Let's talk this out like friends. And then Durin's t- does his cheeky little, uh, the fate of the elves are in whose hands. That's the best part. Mm. Sounds pretty cool to me. Sounds like a dwarf. Come on, buddy. Let's go get your, uh, let's go get your minerals. This uh, sun's making my, my tummy turn sour. Like, yeah. I, Give I me just, a sour stomach. I love the two of them together. And I really think that, um, what, what's the gentleman's name who plays Durin? You Owen know, Arthur. We've talked his, you know, we, we've talked about how Sung much his praises so many much. times. Yes. And then uh, Robert Arapaho Arameo. Robert Aramayo, the guy who plays Elrond, he's really grown on me as Elrond as the show kind of. Yeah, progresses. I mean, he's a great. He's not my idea of a young Elrond, but right. isolated from my memory of uh, Hugo, Hugo Weaving, Weaving, he's great. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's he's coming into his own, and he has really good chemistry. The two yes. of them, and just any scene with the two of them with, I'm like, yes, more of that. Who are you gonna pick uh, for your uh, one performance to rule them all this episode? Are we there that are we at that? Second? Yeah. My number one is the same scene. Oh, you didn't have anything to add on to it though. I mean, we, we gushed about it. It's fucking Prince Durin is carrying this show along with Galadriel. I'll just say that's what I'll call her <laughs> respectfully Galadriel. Um, and I, again, I love Aaron dear, but we don't get enough of the good parts of those, those folks yet. And don't worry, the season's almost over. Um, but I, everything that we get of Prince Durin is just top notch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's endearing. It's uh, everything that you want. It's really funny, but it's also there's a ton of heart in everything that he says. And even this moment, it works so well. It's so funny because everything that's come before this has tied us to this character. We know we feel like we know him. We care about him. And when that moment happens, you're like, oh, classic Prince Durin. I love it. You know what I mean? And like, that's why it works so well. Yeah. Uh, if it was like the first scene of a character, that wouldn't be funny. Right. Um, any whoozle. Yeah. So what's your favorite performance? Are we going to have to give it to Owen Arthur again? So I struggled giving it between him and one other person. And I ended up giving it to the other person. Cause I've already given it to Owen Arthur. I'm Theo. giving you. <laughs> Why would anybody give it to me? <laughs> I've got a cool blood sword. <laughs> I'm going to my room. We don't uh, have one. No, I'm giving it to uh, Robert Arameo plays Elrond. Elrond. Yeah. I, I liked kind of the position that his character was put in this episode and he was kind of struggling with betraying his oath and just, you know, his, his chemistry uh, with Owen Arthur has been so wonderful to watch. And I just, I just love the two of them together. And really this was the first episode where, you know, I haven't like disliked him as Elrond this whole time. I've just kind of been like, Oh, he's, He's doing, he's doing an Elrond. All right. This was the first episode where I was like, yeah, I like him in this role. Like he, like you said, he's not my perfect, uh, vision of what Elrond is, but like you said, removing, getting the Hugo weaving of it all out of there. I do like what he's doing with this character and how he's portraying it. So I'm going to give it to him. I agree with you. I think that's a sound decision. However, and you're going to hate me for this. You're giving it to Theo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving it to Galati. I don't hate, why would I hate you for that? Because I said it again. Uh, well, I do hate Gladdy. <laughs> she More of the Clark. She deserves it. And she doesn't even get much to do, but what she is given, she goes 120% with. True. Like if she was on a football team, they would say, way to give it 110%, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't a number that exists, but that's what they say in sports. And they would say that about her. 110% exists. Yeah. And like, like math, math. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> oh, you mean these numbers exist in mathematics? <gasps> Mathematically, that number exists. 
<laughs> but I meant like, what, I guess what I meant by that is like, it, you can't fill a glass up more than a hundred percent. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. That's what I meant, but it sounded really dumb and I'm going to move on from it right now. <laughs> uh, but what little she is given, she, she just crushes. And I think like the sparring scene, she really, I don't know how much choreography work she did, but it really looked like she was an elf the way that, mm -hmm. um, uh, what's his name? Orlando Bloom, you know, just looked really flight fleet of foot. You know what I mean? He looked like he was walking on snow. Like he was looking at things with his elf eyes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I really get the impression when she walks around that she's been alive for thousands of years. And again, she's not given much to do, but she just carries herself that way. Um, and this like austere Royal manner, like when she hops on the boat at the end, now the bear McCurry score is doing some heavy lifting there, the lighting and the wind whooshing doing a lot of lifting there, but just the way she carries herself, it's very majestic. Right. And I think, um, I, I don't think she's been able to shine like this in a couple of episodes at the way that she did in this episode. Well, even her scene with Hal Brandmer, she's like, I, I don't know how to stop. Like, I think she yes, was really and that was a great bringing... monologue, mm -hmm. you know, like I think that the reason they tried to exile me was because they couldn't quite tell the difference between me and the evil I was chasing anymore. And she, I think has a little bit of, I got the impression she's a little bit scared of it herself. And so it's so important to her to find and kill Sauron just so that she can see the difference between her and he, um, and that was, that's compelling. That's really good inner conflict and, and Morveth Clark crushed it. Yeah. You're Everybody right. Everybody watched St. Maud. Hundred percent, I, uh, I agree with that. Take it all. Now I'm kind of like, man, I should have given it to her. I thought the same thing. Like you really sold me on Elrond, buddy. So hey, don't worry. Let's, let's pat, swap. Let's pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's all the time we have. We are looking forward to episode six a lot. I think think the last three episodes, my theory, uh, are going to be engrossing, damn good television. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, so make sure you guys uh, continue writing in to the email. We are going to do a mailbag post. Yeah, we'll do a post, both shows, uh, maybe another dual one, maybe a separate two mailbags. I'm not depending on how many emails we get for each show. Yeah, but there will be more mailbag episodes. Thank you to everybody who wrote in for the last one. Mm -hmm. uh, we always stockpile emails for the very next mailbag. We're also covering uh, Labyrinth for the Patreon feed. Patrons only will hear our, our deep dive of, of Labyrinth, the 1980s movie very soon with David Bowie. Very soon we're going to drop uh, our, not a deep dive, but a general review of the first three episodes of Star Wars Andor on Disney Plus. And if depending, and if you guys like that type of content and you want to do more, we will start doing deep dives of Andor as it starts weekly releasing. Or so shallow dives of more stuff is a possibility as well. Yeah. Just really, it's your show. We're just living in it, guys. Right. But there's also an episode with a patron being a guest host with us talking about the movie Whiplash coming out very soon. Mm -hmm. So those are all things to look forward to. And also one last thing, be sure to write in and let us know what you think the fans, what you guys should be collectively called of streaming things. Yeah. Like, is uh, it melons? Is it streamies? We're thinking like Justin Bieber fans, believers, mm -hmm. right? Streamies right. sounds a little weird. So that sounds I, like an award. I like, yeah. That's like, like our end of year award. We show. should do like an end of year episode where we give the streamies to yeah. something. Yeah. That, that's cool. But melons, it's leading the pack as the only idea right now. <laughs> but if you guys have a separate idea that you think would be good, write it in. We'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming, melons. Shout out.
Thank you for your patronage. You have a beautiful voice. I don't think I do. <laughs> Aw, it's pretty good. Don't be so yeah. hard on yourself, buddy. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Wood smash. <laughs> well, we're doing patron shoutouts differently this time, guys. We're going to do them once a month, and this recording will last the entire month. But in this month, we will go over the new patrons that sign up for the month and also the patrons who upgraded their tiers that month as well. Mm. Are you excited oh, to find yeah. out the cool people that, that did such a thing? Down. I'm very excited. All right. So let me introduce to you our brand new patrons for the Try Before You Deny tier. It's Aaron Layton and Crystal Trujillo. Woo! Hi, friends. In the Marty P VIP tier, it's Josh and Anna. Marty B. What did I say? Marty P. Oh, Marty B. Excuse me. <laughs> how fucking dare you? <laughs> I've been here for how long and you miss You don't know my name. The entire time, sir. You've given me a terrible wound. What if Marty B's like a Marty P, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, let our new chocolate pudding producers, we have Alex Fisher, Brittany Deck, Ember Psycho. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm surely not. Probably not, man. Jen yeah, L, Jess R, Mandy Spears, Shannon Myers, and Zach Suthers. Thank you all so much. Thank you, friends. Thanks, Bruchachos. And our final new patron in the Friends Don't Lie tier, we have Colin P. Frost. Thank you, Colleen. Another P, man. Thank you so much. The up now we go into the upgrade. That's the road less traveled, man. These are the people that gave us money before, and we thought, hey, what about more money for these guys? Because mm, they're just so giving and full of mirth, 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 all of it. Uh, these people upgraded to the try before you deny tier. Try before you deny, man. Andrew Gray, Jen Robinson, Casey McCain, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki, and Will Nash. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. And then these people upgraded to the Marty B VIP section. Thank you, A. Wells, Adam Horn, Adam Raymond, R.K. Shenanigans, Barb, Caleb Jeter, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. I love saying your name fully, <laughs> Carmelita, because it's so cool. Uh, Chloe Richardson, Cindy Miller-Ray, Elizabeth Hull. Elizabeth Hubbard, Enza, Jimmy Gad, John Madden, like the John Madden. Isn't he dead? Uh, yes. Well, they we thought, dead. We but he's thought, on the cover of Madden 23. And now he's here to write X's and circles over footage <laughs> of football players. Thank you, Jadinglage. Uh, thank you, Jadinglage Morgus. Thank you, Katie Blair. Oh. Kayla, he, Kayla Higgins. Oh, it's just me. Yeah, it's me. The French arc. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lisa L., Marcus Mills, Michelle Moore, Nick Nolte, Nicole Cassis, Paula Garcia, Sean Callahan, Stephanie Pagalis, Suzanne Road and Sydney Day. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. And good night.